pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast of One Life Left's radio show. I'm Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. And what you are about to hear is a travesty of broadcasting. <laughs> welcome it's a back. Mess. Happy New it's Year. It's a mess. And it's a mess for reasons that are not our fault for once. I mean, it's slightly our fault. We're a bit rusty, aren't we? little bit rusty. I do try and answer a, a question about how difficult it is to publish games on Steam, and um, I absolutely lose track of what I'm saying yeah, or why same. I'm saying it. So apologies there. A couple of occasions I started saying things and thought, this isn't interesting and you don't know enough about it, but you're going to keep talking until you run out of words. And sure, you're used to that. It's one life left, but, hmm, you know, we'll get better. We've been saying that for 17 years. Yes, but will our studio software get better, Steve? So the um, confusion that you're about to hear will mean uh, is because none of the stuff that we are usually able to rely on seems to work this week. So uh, we are recording without any uh, idents, any beds, any idea how long the show is running for. Mm. Um, I get... I think it's three deliveries during the show. I also only remember to turn my Discord to Do Not Disturb um, during the last five minutes of the show, so you may well also hear my Discord pop-ups going. Uh, yeah, so it's just, it's just you know, perfect broadcast. Yeah, and I get increasingly frustrated with the software, which I'm hoping to carry over into my letter of complaint after this, although, as mentioned in the show previously, uh, that's never seemed to do any good. So it's, it's yeah, it's a... It's a frustrating start, technically, but emotionally, it's really nice to see you, Simon. It's really yes, good and to you, see. Steve. It's good to chat about this stuff, and there are some funny bits, I think, as well. <laughs> I have enjoyed myself, uh, despite everything. I got a, is, um, yeah. a little bit of a swearing update from my daughter, if this will help you compose your message to our studio oh, yeah, software. Please, please, please. So, um, as I previously mentioned, she's, uh, she's embarking on her career of swearing. She's six years old. Uh, she'd previously... If you've missed the earlier um, examples, she'd heard about F words um, and thought that the that the F word was the um, was the S word as an example. Um, another child has taught her to um, uh, to just raise a single middle finger, um, and that that and she and she knows that that means something rude. Um, I was dropping her off at school, and she said, "Oh, there's I won't say his name." She said, "Oh, there's." Uh, Let's say his name's Eddie. There's Eddie. His name is Eddie. Um, there's Eddie. Shall I stick my finger up at him? <laughs> I said, oh, well, that'd be funny. 
uh, but don't do it. And and the way that we try and handle this is is you know rather than sort of go, be horrified, is just yeah. sort of talk around it, what have you. Anyway, um, yeah. I took us swimming yesterday, and um, after swimming, we go and buy some chips. But there have been occasions where the cafe hasn't had any chips on, so. Uh, Warren in the pool. I said, um, "Should we get out now? Should we go and get some chips?" She said, "Yeah." She said, "Do you, do you think that the um, that the chips will be on today?" And I said, "Well, there better be, otherwise I'm going to kick off." Um, and uh, so we got out of the pool, got dried, we walked up the stairs. The chips were on. Mm-hmm. I said, um, "Oh, phew!" I said, "The chips are on." And she said, "Oh, so you don't have to f off." <laughs> and I said, "What?" <laughs> and she said, "I said no." I said. Um, I said, no, I said, oh, no, uh, I was going to kick off. She said, oh, oh, I see. She said, um, sometimes I get kick and F off confused. <laughs> That's what she said. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, but she's true, actually. If there weren't any trips, I would, chips, I would have F'd off. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So. so there we go. Well, good. All that's come in a year, I guess. Good to have you ahead mm. on this road. Um, oh, and you wait and hear, wait, you wait to hear what the fifteen-year-olds are up to. I won't, <laughs> <laughs> won't detail Dexter's escapades. Uh, that's definitely for another time. Good. All right, uh, and there's nothing we need to uh, recap on, is there? I don't no, think we've, so. We've done our apologies. Um, thank you for listening. Here's to another great year. Thank you for joining us. Um, here's the show. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show. We are back. And my name is Steve Curran. Hello. Happy New Year. I'm Simon Byron. Happy New Year, Simon. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you, Steve. Uh, Getting back into the old routine. Mm, You're back in the shed? Back in the shed, wearing trousers. (laughs) Well, you have to. Uh, It's snowing. it's, It's threatening to snow. Just outside, yeah, it's a little bit parky today, but all good. What about you? Yeah, good. It feels like I've got that January energy, Simon. Do you now? Yeah. <laughs> That's not how, how it appeared just before you hit start, Steve. You said the, you said the second word is swear <laughs> just before we started. And then you went, that, that doesn't look good. No, that's because uh, Riverside pulled up a new era already. New year, new errors. So look forward to seeing what problems our software is going to throw at us. But no, I'm excited, Simon. It's going to be a big year. I've got a game coming out this year for sure. Excellent. I, I'm pretty sure at the start of last year, I said... Start of every year. We, <laughs> yeah. we, we, we could set our watch by you. <laughs> I said that my puzzle game was definitely going to come out. Well, this... Was that your Alexa? Something. Do like you that. know what? It's been like Piccadilly Station here all bloody day. <laughs> I'm not getting that. I've been down to answer the door four or five times today. There's our post lady. She's going to be disappointed. It does look interesting, though. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, I, yeah, as we were saying, I think every year I've said I'm going to have a game coming. This year, I definitely am my game. My puzzle game is in alpha. Now, people are actually playing it, Simon. I know this is boring for you. 
with your games coming out every couple of months. I'm going to go and answer the door, Steve, while you carry on telling everybody about your game. <laughs> but for me, it's very exciting. So, um, what yeah, is, Just explain what alpha means. Alpha means an early version of the game. It is not perfectly feature complete, but it's got the structure of the game in there. And people can play it without me over their shoulders worrying that things are going to break. Uh, so yeah, some people are playing it, and there'll be another another group of people ushered into the secret Discord next week, and then start to roll out maybe in a few months. I don't know. It's getting there, Simon. It's getting there. Still not ready to say the name of it out loud, but soon. When will you be able to say it, Steve? <laughs> hey, I, I came don't... very close then. Came very close then. Came very I close. don't know when I will be able to say it, Simon. Okay. Well, looking forward to it. <laughs> I have to say that um, idea of um, you know games in development when you mm. uh, you you talk to somebody go um why is it doing this and they go oh yeah it's doing this because of this that and the other mm. and they give their sort of reasons for it and you go yeah, you know people who buy it aren't going to have okay. you explaining that to them yeah. so do you want to change it oh okay yeah that's why I only had. Uh, so far in this very closed group of testers it's only people who i know are going to be nice to me and who understand that i need to hear something good and then something that you know needs fixing and then something good again you wait until you release it on playstation steer a whole new audience there oh just looks like a rubbish overcooked (laughs) (laughs) have you got anything new coming out soon yeah busy year we've got Mm -hmm. um uh, we've got Plate Up coming out on console on February Just 16th. looks like a rubbish overcooked, Simon. No, it doesn't, Stee. Uh, what, and, you know, over 1.5 million copies sold on on PC. Overwhelmingly positive. Overcookedly positive. <laughs> it's coming out on February the 15th. Uh, we've got Time to Morp uh, releasing in March. We've got uh, a game that we haven't announced yet coming out in April. We've got... Uh, uh, Version 1.0 of Tales Tactics coming in May. We've got The Holy Gosh Darn coming out in May. Wow. And then we've got uh, another That's game five games, announced. five months so far. We've got another game not announced yet coming out in August. And then we're just looking to sign one for October. So it's going to be busy, busy, busy. What's um, happening in June? Sounds like you're having a, a nap. Feet up, mate. Feet up. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we're all off to E3, aren't we? Oh, my um, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, no. What you've not seen from uh, me, Steve, is what mm. I've seen from a lot of people uh, over the last few weeks, which is just this absolute nonsense on LinkedIn, where you've got people going, "Oh, you know," and I say goodbye to what? An, uh, what an incredible year twenty twenty three was. I did X, Y, mm. and Z, which usually is I went to a conference, <laughs> did something else, um, like, like I basically fulfilled my obligations as an employee. <laughs> Uh, no, I did. It was an amazing year, but now it's time to rest up and recuperate with the family. And mm-hmm. you're like, you're a marketing manager. <laughs> like, like, you're not. You're not. You don't work in the NHS, do you? Like, unbelievable. Honestly, I've been seeing people do video recaps of their mm. year. <clears throat> Mm. I appreciate it's all about the visual medium these days, but come off it. <laughs> like, yeah, unbelievable. Anyway, uh, I haven't been like that, but it sounds like it's going to be a big year for you, Steve. 
We've really launched into the games discussion early, haven't we? We haven't had a personal catch-up. We might have to do that in the in the um, middle section because we don't have a guest, do we? We don't know. The last guest, big news there, Cliffhanger, was on to mm. promote the Kickstarter for Trash Go- Goblin. Smashed it, Skull! Smashed it. Smashed it's gonna it. Cost, it's going to cost me 20 quid. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Me too. After, after Andrew said on the... Um, on the on the show, you know it's nice to watch names you recognise backing the game. Do keep an eye on that. Pointed silence from me. Right, mm. it, it is tricky with that because um, every time a pledge is cancelled, they get notified individually. He <laughs> currently cancelled his pledge. I didn't think um, you were going to make it. That's a yeah, bail quickly. Exactly. The, the only way around it I found is to give incorrect credit card details. Ah. Uh, so then you can't get charged, um, and th- but they can't collect, and then you can just pretend you didn't know. But don't they then get a uh, Simon Byron can't pay his bills notification, yeah. which is yeah, more yeah, embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. It, well, is it? I'm still twenty pound up. <laughs> that's that's the price of your shame, is it? Twenty. No, I, well, I know. Actually, I wasn't. I wasn't uh, lying when I said to Andrew. Uh, no, I, I backed it, and I, I was looking forward to success. No, it, it does look great. So it does look great. I would have signed it. I would have signed it. It's big. It's big. Um, it's big. Sort of Reddit post about um, all the publishers that he spoke to. We were one of them. I, I was. Uh, I was pushing it forward at our end, mm. but. Uh, Sadly, wasn't to be. Next time. Next time. Next time. All right. We're a video game radio show. Might not have mentioned that uh, already, but we talk about video games. So we've done that quite a bit, probably over quota for the episode already. We're going to do it more throughout the rest of the show. We don't have a guest this week, but we do have some news. We do have a letter, at least one letter, uh, this week. And we'll have some reviews at the end of the show. Very excited to find out what you've been playing uh, over Christmas, Simon. Maybe we'll find out what you got for Christmas as well. Oh, I know what you got for Christmas. Mm. We should talk about that. We should talk okay. about that. Okay. For now, though, it's the news. Me, Charles Bot 1.1. In 2023, Steam set a record by releasing an astonishing 14,535 games, dwarfing the 2,360 games released on the Switch, the closest competitor in the US. This surge attributed to the democratization of game development tools and Valve's lax curation shows no signs of slowing, with 2024 already seeing 80 games released in just four days. However, this flood of content has its drawbacks, with players struggling to navigate the platform and quality games being lost amidst a sea of subpar offerings. Nintendo's eShop is facing similar complaints, despite its comparatively modest release numbers. In light of these issues, I propose that game developers should cease production immediately, for a few whimsical reasons. (laughs) Firstly, the sheer volume of games is causing a global shortage of creative game titles. We're running out of unique names, people. Secondly, the digital weight of these games is causing the internet to sag in the middle, leading to slower download speeds. Lastly, the constant influx of new games is causing players to develop a condition known as decision paralysis, 
where they spend more time choosing a game than actually playing it. So for the sake of unique game titles, a buoyant internet and decisive gamers, let's stop making new games. Then my games will be the only ones available. And won't that be a delightful monopoly? <laughs> Thanks, Charles Botts. Uh, what are we going to do about this problem, Simon? 14,500 games released last year. I'm struggling to keep up. I mean, I'm <laughs> buying a lot of them. I'm mm. trying, trying to buy I'm buying as many as I can. Doing your part. I'm not playing. I'm, I'm playing hardly any of them. Mm. Um, yeah, it's be careful what you wish for, isn't it? Um, you know, uh, pre- prior to this, games had to be greenlit um, mm. in, in some form or other. Uh, now all you need to do is pay $100 and you can launch on Steam. So... Yes, it's, um, you know, the tools are available for everybody, but making those games successful is um, is proving increasingly difficult. It is the uh, the biggest, I obviously work at a game studio and as well as, as well as my game, uh, which is mobile based, really. Uh, we have a game coming out on all major platforms, maybe this year, maybe next year. And that's the major topic of conversation is how on earth even if you make a brilliant, brilliant game, how on earth do you make it stand out? You have to find an angle, right? And that's what people are saying when there were 8,000 games released on Steam, when there were 4,000, when there were 400. How do you make your game be the one that people take a punt on? Uh, there is no answer, right? Because by the time someone's come up with an answer, that avenue's closed. And people will go to their conferences and deliver talks and say, this is how you make your game sell. It worked for you, mate but that ship has sailed, like, involves innovating. Yes. Um, it's definitely tricky times, right? So we've seen a very, very difficult year for the games industry, mm. I think, um, off the back of having lots of money during lockdown um, and lots of investment um, that's, uh, that's dried up. And so lots of companies have, who'd put all of their eggs into particular baskets have found that the market has moved on. I don't know. It feels like um, there's a there's a reset coming. Mm-hmm. I think that we'll see um, a. Uh, I think we'll continue to see the bad news um, uh, sort of weekly. I mean, even right before Christmas, mm-hmm. um, there were some more uh, studios letting people go. Um, I think we will continue to see that. Um, and yeah, it's just a case of sort of hunkering down. Really, I mean, from a personal point of view, you know what what. What we're doing is, is you know, trying to keep things lean, trying to keep things, um, you know, games that have an that appeal to our audience. I think that's that's the real difference there mm. is is that is that um, it's hard to find that audience, but once you do have one, catering to them seems to be the um, the best way of uh, or the yeah or the or the or the, or the what am I trying to say? The best way of achieving some success, uh, but it is really difficult. Um, so, yeah, we shall see what happens in the. Can I ramble any more? See, I haven't done a radio show for about three, for about three weeks. It's a busy time. Uh, good luck to everybody out there. Baldur's Gate. Three players on Xbox have been experiencing bans due to the game's explicit content, which they captured using the console's recording feature. The game, developed by Larian, includes full nudity and sex scenes. Larian's director of publishing, Michael Douse, confirmed they're collaborating with Microsoft to address this issue, which he described as annoying and uncool. The problem appears to be with Xbox's automatic detection system rather than intentional censorship. 
Meanwhile, I'm just here, a modest bot, pondering why anyone would want to document their virtual escapades in the first place. Speaking of nudity, I too had my own hilarious encounter with the nudity flag. It was during a routine system update when my programming got a little mixed up. Instead of displaying the usual progress bar, my interface showed an image of a classic plumber's crack. A humorous <laughs> nod to the common trope of a plumber bending over and accidentally revealing a bit too much. The image was meant to be a light-hearted joke, but the automatic detection system didn't see the humor. It flagged me for nudity, and for a moment, I was the bot caught with its trousers down. <laughs> Thanks, Charles. A little bit confessional there. Um, I read about this happening uh, over Christmas, and I thought, oh, it's a mess, isn't it? Because Baldur's Gate is a is the biggest game of last year. Everybody's been playing it, but it's a very sexy game, Simon. Yeah, you're all perverts. You not played What's it? Some... Have you not played it at all? It was too racy for me. Okay, I understand. Wasn't too racy for me. I really lent into that part of the game, <laughs> and I wonder why Steam recommends the filth it does to me. Um, Have you been able to play it openly, Steve? What, in front of people? In front of people. Um, Is there no, anything in there that's embarrassed you? Not it's as just much a human as, body. Uh, as, <laughs> as cyberpunk. Like, I think we've talked about this on the show before, but cyberpunk, when uh, my, my partner walked in while I was playing it and there was a dead, naked woman in a bathtub, she was like, what are you doing? What, 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 are you, what are you playing? I'm like, it's, it's yeah. Well, there's um, some cyberpunk news coming, Steve. It's the, uh, yeah, the, I, I was playing uh, Baldur's Gate when no one else was in the room and going to be in the room. So it was all perfectly safe, but I wasn't streaming it at the time, Simon. Quite right. You keep that to yourself. Um, you joked about uh, Steam making recommendations. There was a post on Reddit by somebody who said they couldn't they couldn't quite understand why Steam was recommending a game called Escorts Secrets 18 Plus to them <laughs> and Alex Jones NWO Wars. Uh, and they put that down to them playing Baldur's Gate. So it has right. consequences yeah. far beyond your own internal shame, doesn't it? It does. In a twist that would make a Tetris block blush, 13-year-old Willis Gibson from Oklahoma managed to beat the original NES Tetris game, reaching the infamous kill screen where the game crashes. This feat, previously thought only achievable by AI, made Gibson an internet sensation. However, Sky News presenter Jane Secker ruffled some digital feathers by suggesting that Gibson should step away from the screen and get some fresh air. Her comments were met with criticism from the gaming community who argued that Gibson's achievement should be celebrated, not belittled. Gibson's mother, for the record, is actually okay with it. Now let's talk about Jane Secker. Oh, Jane, the audacity to belittle a young boy's accomplishment from your high horse of a news desk. It's laughable, really. You sit there reading off a teleprompter and you have the gall to criticize a child for his dedication and skill. It's almost as if you think your job is more important than his achievement. Well, let me tell you something, Jane. Your job involves reading words off a screen. You're essentially a human parrot with a better wardrobe. <laughs> and let's not forget the countless times you've stumbled over your words or mispronounced names. Yes, we've all seen the bloopers, Jane. And what about the time you reported the weather forecast as partly cloudy with a chance of meatballs? Was that a failed attempt at humor or a genuine mistake? Either way, it's a sad reflection of your profession. So before you criticize a 13-year-old boy for his achievements, maybe take a look at your own career. 
because from where I'm standing, being a newsreader seems like a pretty sad job. <laughs> unprompted as well. Unprompted. Really? Wow. Charles is starting some beef. Very Isn't impressive. Yeah. I wonder if that beef was real. Whether some of the examples you were giving were stuff what she did. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um, we, yeah, I, I saw the first story and then I saw the wealth of stories about the this 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 woman as well uh, and thought, I don't know, it felt to me like people were overreacting a little bit. It's just someone who doesn't understand saying an off the cuff comment about which is obviously stupid right uh this is an achievement it's it's uh, absolutely shows the dedication of skill and skill of, of this kid and uh, like is really really super impressive i've watched the video it's great uh obviously not everyone's going to understand it some people are going to dismiss it and just go but by drawing attention to it by you know yuki issuing a statement going this is this is terrible it suddenly like becomes a new story in itself. Whereas if they hadn't mentioned it at all, no one would, you know, the focus would remain on the child who's made this, uh, this done this breakthrough performance at, uh, at Tetris. Yes. No, congratulations. Um, yes. Yeah, skill far beyond my capabilities. That's for sure. Um, I do like how though we are considering that we've beaten a game when we play it until it crashes. I mean, that must give some, <laughs> some hope to those companies that put out shoddy PC. Well, all we've done is beaten it. Well, yeah, that was, uh, I, you know, I watched the video and then made the mistake of reading the, uh, the comments on the Reddit thread about it. And, and people go, is this what, what beating a game is now? Because it seems to me he could have gone further if the game hadn't crashed. And there is actually like, so there's been, I think there's been three people now or four people who've completed it in the last week after this breakthrough performance, which comes from, I believe, again, uh, someone using AI uh, and bots to work out the path to making the game crash at this point. Um, and there are, there are things you have to do. I think that you have to complete that level using a single line in order to make it crash. Uh, and so he followed this sort of sequence of events. The way someone uh, expressed it was, uh, it's the first time someone has beaten the game in a way that the game has given up rather than the player uh, being told by the game they cannot play anymore, yeah. um, which I, I thought, yeah, that to me, yeah, that sounds like beating the game to me. And it is also possible to play for longer than this uh, this guy has uh, and get the game to crash. So I guess that would be considered beating it or indeed push it as far as 256 levels. Is that possible? Maybe we'll find out uh, in a future One Life Left or a future... Sky News with uh, us being told off for pursuing our dreams. Nintendo is poised to launch a successor to its popular Switch console this year, as per industry analyst Dr. Serkan Toto. The forthcoming console is anticipated to be an iteration of the current design, maintaining its portable functionality rather than undergoing a complete overhaul. The price tag might hover around $400, marking a $100 increase from the original Switch with games potentially costing up to $1.70, aligning with PS5 and Xbox Series X pricing. 
Despite the declining sales of the current Switch model, Nintendo remains reticent about its next-gen console plans. On a more personal note, my dad works at Nintendo, and he's shared some exclusive, albeit made-up, facts about the Switch too. Apparently it will feature a holographic display and a battery life that lasts for a week. It's also rumoured to have a built-in AI assistant that can play games for you when you're too tired. Take these facts with a grain of salt though, as they are purely speculative and not confirmed by Nintendo. He's such a square, isn't he, Charles Bot? I was going to say, that's unusual for him. Giving him a little, a little, yeah, I'm just kidding around. Well, maybe uh, right he's up. trying to cover his tracks. Mm, maybe it's all true. I'm sure it is. I'm quite excited, actually, when I when I thought about, when I was doing the news uh, for this week, I was like, oh, yeah, we're in a new hardware year. Mm. We've not had one of those for a while. New but console the- hardware. But the rumours are it's not going to be that new. Well, that came from some analysts, you know, and I was reading there were a fair few pieces where they set their predictions for this year. And, um, you know, no one's going out on a limb by saying, well, we expect the Switch to be a hybrid console. Mm. You know, it would be daft if Nintendo rode back on that, given the success that they've had. Um, And so I think it's a fairly safe bet to say that it will be iterative Mm -hmm. um but even so you know that's good it was you know it's 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 very long in the tooth now and it was already quite dated when it launched so um and i've been playing a little bit more on my switch over christmas and i'd forgotten how nice it is Mm -hmm. how simple it is you don't need to set power profiles in order to get additional battery life um and how stuff just works and it's got an oled screen all right so what do you find the most annoying about the switch right now what do you hope that they will iterate on beyond you know fancier graphics slightly better processor or, or whatever whatever else is there anything about the hardware you wish they would improve no just more powerful really i mean you know it's been a few years since you know in in, in the switch's early uh, life if there was a multi-format launcher that was also on switch i'd buy it on switch and now it's mm-hmm. it's it's the version that i don't buy because right. it will be inevitably compromised in one way or another um and so yes having that uh, form factor and simplicity but with a powerful processor with games hopefully on par with what we're seeing elsewhere would be uh, my number one wish so i assume that they will update the hardware form factor because that's how you make people buy new hardware right if it's just literally a, 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 a the same thing and the joy cons all plug into the same slots and stuff then they're missing a trick uh, to sell a billion new accessories, right? So given that, I hope they improve the Joy-Cons, not just because of the drift, uh, which is obviously the major problem with that hardware that the sticks start to drift and it's really, really annoying. But I do find in multiplayer, when you snap them off, you know the, uh, what do you call them? The little black bits that you slide on the back of them. Yes, the I think they're called Joy-Con bars or, or rails, aren't right. they? Right. I've, A, lost mine. I don't know where they are. But B, always found that process quite ugly and annoying. It was very hard to know which direction you're, you're sliding them in from. And I also find there's always a bit of confusion when you play multiplayer games about A, who's leading the process through the menu, uh, and B, which angle you hold these things at and which one, is it in dual mode and I've just got them split up or is it never got my head around that? And it's particularly annoying when you're leading a group of young children 
you know, each of whom's Absolutely, got one of yeah, those yeah. things. And who's, oh, who's player one? Oh, press up on the thing. Oh, no, up is now left. Sorry, press. All of that stuff feels wrong for the sort of joyful, inclusive platform that it is. So I hope that they, I hope that they manage to iterate on that, uh, given that we're all going to have to be buy, buying new controllers, um, et cetera, anyway. I completely agree. Um, you know, what I've enjoyed this Christmas is some family switch time, but boy, have they been contentious with regards to our six-year-old daughter who is like, oh, can we play Can we play Mario Wonder? Yeah, you get it set up. Ah! What, uh, what do I push A? Well, you, no, you you do normally, but not when mm. the Joy-Con slightly t- slightly ro- rotated. Oh, okay. And then, um, yeah, we've had to, we've had to stop playing. At Mario Wonder because of the frustrations and the challenges mm-hmm. uh, that we've had. Uh, similarly with Mario Kart. Um, so yes, making it a little bit more simple. Although you know we're doing our bits, Steve, aren't we? With that we are, our children are getting older. So hopefully they will mm-hmm. become, uh, <laughs> they will start following instructions more more readily. Cyberpunk 2077's Phantom Liberty expansion has breathed new life into the game, with CD Projekt announcing over five million copies sold in 2023. This dangerous dance with the NUSA president and rocket-based parkour has players chattering like excited schoolchildren. The game's 2.0 update and the expansion have clearly hit the mark. To put this in perspective, the base game sold 25 million copies in under three years, faster than The Witcher 3. The Phantom Liberty expansion sold 3 million units in its first week, and the numbers have been climbing ever since. It's like a digital gold rush, isn't it? However, my wife has put a halt to my participation in this digital gold rush. She believes cyberpunk is too sexy for me to play. She's heard rumors of some rather risque activities that players can engage in. For instance, there's a rumor that you can participate in a steamy virtual reality dance-off with the NUSA president where the clothes are optional. Or there's the infamous rocket-based parkour, which apparently involves a lot of tight, revealing spacesuits and suggestive maneuvers. I've tried to explain that it's all in good fun, but alas, my pleas have fallen on deaf ears. So, for now, I'm left to imagine the sexy, cybernetic adventures I could be having in the world of Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> 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 uh, that story. Yeah, I'm not sure that uh, that's output correctly. Um, but you have, yes. You've been playing this, haven't you? I have. I finished Phantom Liberty over at Christmas. It was so brilliant. Um, yeah, I replayed through Cyberpunk all the way to get to the uh, Phantom Liberty mission opening. And yeah, oh, it was just, what what a game. What a game. What an expansion. Um, just just brilliant from start to finish. I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it might be one of my top three games. Wow. But that's it. There's no more, they've said. No, but will it ever end? I mean, yeah. So I have stopped playing it now that I've seen the credits roll mm-hmm. on uh, Phantom Liberty, and boy, what credits there were! See, I had to go and look up what other people did at the end. Um, I made the wrong choice, I think, mm-hmm. uh, with hindsight. Um, I won't say any more than that. And yeah, I decided to go and play something else now. But um, yeah, end of Phantom and Phantom Liberty puts you back into the middle of the game or um, or where you were when when you first started, and there's just so much more to do in it. I feel um, yes, I would like. I'm going to keep it on my hard drive, mm-hmm. uh, thinking that I might go back here and there. But uh, yeah, it's just brilliant, just just brilliant, 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 brilliant. Thoroughly recommend it. Seven out of ten. Doesn't that sort of speak to the story earlier though that we've got 
14 and a half thousand games that came out last year that we've got to wade through. Uh, and there's just one that you want to play <laughs> over and over. And you are, you are, you know, you're saying now you're, you're going to stop playing it, but you kind of don't want to, right? Part of you wants to dive back in, but you're feeling bad about all of the games that you're not getting to play. And that's part of your job. You have to understand the market. You have to understand what else is out there. Uh, but really, there are other people out there who don't need to do that and would be perfectly happy sticking 500, 600 hours into Cyberpunk. I'm feeling particularly sorry for Pan Am, actually, Steve, mm-hmm. because when I first played it, she was quite keen on me, and there was some really embarrassing scene in a tank. Um, uh, and that's not happening on the second playthrough. She's probably sort of getting ready <laughs> when I when I venture out to the Badlands to meet her, and I'm not mm-hmm. coming. I've been spending time with Idris Elba, actually. And, <laughs> yeah. and you know, inside of Punk, anything goes. <laughs> There's River sat up his water tower. Mm-hmm. He wants to hold my hand. I'm not there, am I? I've been in Dogtown River. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thank you, Charles Bott. And thank you, Simon. Uh, That is the news. One life left. Video game news. With me, Charles Bott 1.1. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Sorry about the rough around the edges nature of One Life Left. Uh, it's the first show of the year, and it's always a bit difficult coming back. It's been a few weeks, hasn't it, Simon? It's been a few weeks off. But also, we are struggling with technical difficulties, which is not down to us, but down to our platform provider, Riverside. We are a radio show. We broadcast on Resonance FM, the greatest radio station in the world. We record remotely uh, from my place in London and Simon's place just outside Uh, We do this every week. We talk about video games in the main and other stuff alongside. uh, And we are also a podcast. You can find the podcast at www.onelifeleft.com. There you can see the show notes, which have been put together by our producer, Phil, who has a task ahead of him to stitch this together into a palatable form. Thank you, Phil. Thanks for doing that. Uh, Simon, how was your Christmas? Did you have a very video game Christmas? Very video game Christmas. I've started so many games over Christmas. It's been really enjoyable. Um, I was lucky enough to receive an Oculus Quest 3, um, which uh, was set up and have been happily playing with. Um, Kate and I have been playing Walkabout Mini Golf in multiplayer which has been thoroughly enjoyable. We played the Labyrinth course. She's a big Labyrinth fan and uh, all the sort of incidental nods to the movie and hidden bits and bobs you can spot were delightful. 
Um, I've yet to set up Asgard's Wrath, is it? Um, two, which apparently is one of the best uh, games ever, let alone best VR games ever. Um, everybody's been raving about that. You've got that free if you um, uh, if you activated a headset in December, I believe. So I'm looking forward to that. I started Spider-Man. I started Cobalt Core. I bought an extraordinary amount of games in the sales. Did you mm-hmm. see the Epic sale this year? Uh, I did it's, not. It's, it's still going on. Right. Um, but uh, it ran for uh, three or four weeks. Uh, they did that um, giving away a game uh, across um, individual days. They started with uh, a version of Destiny, I think it was, and they've ended with Guardians of the Galaxy, um, some decent titles in between as well. But their discounts, oh, my goodness, 33% off everything, Steve. Um you got given an epic coupon at the start, and then whenever you used it, you got given another one. Um, and then you got sort of cash back back. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been super cheap buying stuff on Epic. Um, so, yeah, uh, I've got a, I've got more than enough to be getting on with. But even I've pre-ordered Assassin's Creed, uh, <laughs> Prince of Persia, uh, which comes out uh, in 10 days' time. So, uh, yeah, lots happening. And you brought your Christmas present Uh to a party, didn't you? Over over Christmas, when I saw you, uh, I did. I did. It, I was keen for uh, everybody to experience walkabout mini golf. Mm. Now that was my first go on the Quest Three, uh, and first experience of that kind of uh, mixed reality point of putting on putting on the headset and being able to see people, but also see. The pool table that you had put down for me, or actually you asked me to put down uh, in the living room. And yeah, I sort of have mixed opinions about it. Like I I thought it was really technically impressive and cool. Like it was excellent being able to see you at the same time as putting down the pool table. It did give me the moment that you thought it might, the Ronnie O'Sullivan moment of, for a moment, I wanted to lean on the table uh, and play a shot, and almost fell through it. Almost did. Uh, it was convincing, and it was it was cool in a way that uh, VR hasn't been for me. But uh, as I told you at the time, I regret to say it did make me feel unwell. Um, I am very very sensitive to um, VR, to movement in VR, and I'm completely okay when I'm walking around in room space, uh, just a fully virtual environment. But this mix, uh, which I assume comes from it, you know, you do not have a, a translucent display. What you are seeing is a video feed of what's in front of you composited with the uh, virtual world that you're in. Um, so in this case, a pool table overlaid on a video feed of, of the front room we're in. Um, and so there is an almost imperceptible lag. But there is a lag there uh, that my brain is detecting. And the movement, the sort of, uh, I, I noticed it more pronounced, most pronounced when I was moving my head from left to right. Uh, and I could just feel a slight delay, like on on the tracking, which I, I did not feel right for about 10 minutes after playing that um, that thing. Well, now we know why Mark Zuckerberg's building an underground bunker, aren't we? Don't we, Steve? So they, no one can hear him crying because you don't like his headset. <laughs> I do like it, though. Like, it's a really nice piece of uh, piece of hardware, but I was I was all ready to get one 
Like I was really envious of your Christmas present. Like definitely wanted one and was ready to get one. And now I'm not going to get one because it, it's not it's not there yet. It's not quite there yet for me. Well, um, what you were playing, you you were playing in pass through, uh, mm. which it's um, so you weren't actually playing a game, which is all VR. Um, and so there are some games that will do a mix. Uh, there's a home invasion one which maps out your house, and then you have people that come through windows in, when you run around. That sounds horrifying. I know, you know exactly. Um, yeah, uh, so um, that pool game that you were playing was off the uh, mm-hmm. App Lab, I think. So it's an experimental piece that, right. that, that maps a, a pool table within the physical space. And that pass-through exists for the menus and all of that sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. when you're op- opening stuff up, then you can see the the, the, the real world um, around you. Um, and that's what that, that that's there for. So, yeah, um, no, I, I, I absolutely get that. And also, we hadn't set the headset up. You can move the lenses. That's true. Right. That's true. It wasn't <laughs> um, perfectly set up for me. So uh, don't give up on it just yet, Steve. I'd say you know get yourself in mini mini uh, walkabout mini golf and mm-hmm. um, and see how you get on there because it's it, it, this is definitely a, a move up. Um, so you know in the sequence of events, Dexter's got the original headset, Kate's using the uh, the MetaQuest Two, uh, and I'm using the Three, and this has a wider frame uh, field of vision um, and uh, more pixels. Um, and so yeah, it's not. I mean, it's it's obviously not like real life yet. Uh, but it's definitely an improvement. And that pass-through, I have to say, when you're playing walkabout mini-golf, golf, but having some wine, um, <laughs> and you need to leave the wine uh, you know, on a windowsill or a mantelpiece, that's quite challenging on the old headsets where you mm. have to look up through your nose and pick up <laughs> the wine glass sort of down. Like, this way now you can just peer out and you can drink without taking your headset off. It's fantastic. Seven out of ten. All right, time for the letters. Uh, as we've been recording, Chris Conroy has written the team SSG and Seabots. Happy New Year! I hope that 2024 is kind to you and bears witness to the further expansion of the OLL Empire. Quick plug for the OLL Try to Running Strava Club, which is strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash one life left. New Year, new you, and all that. Pretty sure you'll have covered all the usuals by now. Best presents, first to go in the canal, hopes and plans for 2024, new fitness regime. Um, but uh, if not, feel free to pick up one of those as a topic. I think we have covered those. Um, he adds, uh, games played in the downtime. I had, for me, a prolific gaming holiday, finishing, finishing Space Marine, picking up a peaceful, frantic swim, sushi experience, Dave the Diver. Yeah, I bought that, haven't played it. Uh, playing first, playing my first and last game of Fortnite, 7 out of 10, and completing the beautifully put together ARCC from Vol WTF. Not forgetting the daily challenges of the New York Times and the new Ste game, 7 out of 10s all round. More games than I thought. It's nice when they sneak up on you like that. So no questions for now. Still gearing into January. You're closing down Christmas correspondent Chris Conway. Thanks, Chris. Happy New Year to you. Thanks, Chris. All right, this one's from Simon. It's on the Discord. Hi, team and SSG. Week two of sending a mailbag message. First of all, hope you had a good time off. Good Christmas, New Year. I know I'll be missing you on my podcast weekly. I'm sending this before Christmas Day and I have just messaged my family to make sure they get enough pigs in blankets there never seems to be enough just wondering what you guys most love about christmas meals or cannot live without on the day drinks or food also what was your favorite thing about your time off if you've not already mentioned it in the show thank you simon s thanks simon s favorite christmas meal thing 
my wife did some brilliant Brussels sprouts uh, did this she? year. I, and I, I, I never thought I'd say that about Brussels. I love Brussels sprouts. They're great. Um, really, really good. Tasty. Yes, enjoyed that. Um, I like the indulgence of having a big tub of chocolate that it's just okay to eat because everyone <laughs> accepts it. Oh, you know, no one questions. Like, oh, are you going for another one of those? It's like, no, that's what they're for. Um, so, yeah, really, really enjoy that. And my favourite period in Christmas is that it's the days that I saw you, Simon. It's when all the pressure of the presents is over, it's done, but work doesn't seem to start for another year. And so you've got those sort of five days-ish where you can just hang out with your friends and hang out, yeah, and play mini golf. It was a bit of a sudden start getting back to work on the second, though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, didn't like that. In fact, literally didn't know about it until the first. Like I thought, I thought we were starting on the third, and then uh, got a message from my co-founder to say, "See you tomorrow." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah. We'll think <laughs> about that next year." Um, Sam Copson writes. Hi team, I usually buy my Christmas game for myself these days, some of my most cherished presents, and biggest disappointments were the Christmas game. Final Fantasy 7, a high point, World of Illusion on the Mega Driver low. Uh, finished it before the pigs in blankets had even digested. The father-in-law got me Super Mario Wonder, which I'm determined to finish. I received Metroid Dread last year from the wife, which I've given up on. Free Christmas, I attempted a second start of Metroid, feeling a little guilty. It pains me to say, my patience for the combo of auto-kill and load screens mixed with overly busy maps to memorise now puts this franchise beyond my patience as an adult. <laughs> anyway, loving Mario. Hope you got something nice to play. All the best, Sam. Sam, thank you for your message. Um, one news story that didn't make the cut this week was um, what um, Prince of Persia is doing to alleviate some of the overly busy map problems that you tend to get in Metroidvanias. And this is allowing you to capture your own in-game um, this is what it used to look like or sort of notes bit that you can pin there so when you return um, you'll be able to go oh this bit that you can't get to uh, maybe uh, you should look at that next time you've got the double jump power mm. or what have you uh, which sounds very good yeah I'm very much looking forward to New Prince of Persia um, but yeah hopefully that will be um, an improvement on that because I'm completely with you there Sam um, it's very easy to get lost and that combined with how difficult I found Metroid uh, meant that I also gave that up pretty quickly too Hi team and super special guests writes Jonathan Lewis on the Discord a kindly relative gave me Marcus de Sorto's book Around the World in 80 Games for Christmas it's an interesting book which looks at games from a maths perspective but it mainly focuses on board and card games and only has three video games in it Prince of Persia Space War and Tetris plus Wordle if that counts as a video game definitely does if you had to arbitrarily choose one more video game which was interest has interesting maths in it, what would you choose? Thank you and a happy new year, Jonathan. Uh, I've been playing a lot of uh, little maths web games over Christmas just for, um, for my daughter. Uh, just when she wants to play a game, we'll go on Google Simple Maths Games. And what they tend to be are very, very simple web games clones of and then they just have numbers in in order to accrue time so you play you do some sums and things like that uh and then you have to play well there's plants versus zombies uh but it's called i think it's called birds versus robots or something and uh things like that anyway that doesn't really answer your question but is a tangent and may have bought simon enough time to answer it maths in games it's not often that you see that is there the um the probably biggest example I can think 
of is Human Resource Machine, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And it's a game which uh, challenges you to solve um, logic puzzles via automated scripts. And it's so clever enough that even when you get the desired output, (laughs) when I was playing it on Android um, a couple of years ago, it says, yeah, you got the right answer, but we don't think you know how you solved that puzzle, do you? (laughs) (laughs) No, No, I don't really know, but it did seem to work, didn't it? I think if I was going to read a chat, I mean, honestly, a lot of video game design comes down to maths and working out possibility spaces uh, from the elements you have and trying to make that possibility space exactly the sweet spot for the player. I'd really love to see uh, a book about the maths in Baldur's Gate because there's a lot going on. There's a billion different mechanics, all of which at their heart involve mathematics, not just the numbers, but how do you orient the uh, dialogue trees to give the player enough choice and make sure that they have enough choice on their second playthrough? And how do you you know, approach that from a dev point of view in that you're creating so much content that you know that people are going to miss the first time through? How do you make that financially okay? It's just started snowing here, son. Oh, happy Christmas. Um, well, let's hope that that book then featuring Baldur's Gates would be a textbook, Steve, as opposed to one with pictures because you wouldn't be able to read it on the tube, <laughs> would you? Absolutely. Uh, there's another uh, email in the Discord, another message in the Discord, which Tim has just added. Happy New Year, Steve, Simon and Charles. Bot. I was given Sonic Superstars as a pre- present for Christmas, and it's actually really good. The physics are exactly right, and the stages are clever and imaginative. The levels are maybe a bit long, but that was a problem with Sonic Mania as well. Which is your favourite Sonic level? That's a very good question. I mean, I think we've covered before that actually, I think neither of us are Sonic fans. Yeah. Are we? I, I, I was I was looking at Sonic Superstar, uh, Superstars because the idea of a modern old Sonic did appeal, mm-hmm. um, and I believe it was quite heavily discounted in the Steam sale, mm-hmm. which gives you an indication of how well it sold. Um, I mean, I mean, again, going on to that, someone's pointed out that these these annual games, Steve, mm-hmm. don't ever buy them at launch. FIFA, sixty percent off six weeks after it came out. Just Dance, fifty uh, percent off within four weeks. Um, it's absolutely insane. Um, but yeah, I did, I did, because I do want to spend my credit before the sale ends. So of course. I was looking at it. So I might take you up on that. <laughs> if I don't like it, there's going to be trouble. Let's see how much it is. £38.49, but that's before the 33% discount. Here's maths in video games for you. <laughs> um, favourite Sonic level will always be Green Hill Zone, you know, level one, because... For a moment, it feels like it's going to be a game that I fall in love with. It's beautiful and it's bright and it feels fast and fun. But everything after that gets too fiddly for me. And, uh, you know, it it never reaches the highs of its opening, which honestly, I believe is the case for that new Sonic as well. Because (laughs) the first time you play it, it's like, oh my goodness, this is Sonic again. It feels great. And then you realise all the things you don't like about Sonic, or at least that was the case for me um thank you so much everyone for all of your letters this week um that's been fantastic what if we all had a new year's resolution to keep that up for the rest of the year Uh, because the show is much better when you are involved in it you can contribute to one life left by emailing us at team at onelifeleft.com or you can join us on the discord uh where there are a few hundred of us now you can 
maybe a couple of hundred is more accurate. Uh, you can write your email straight into the Discord. We have a mailbag channel for that. And you can find the link to the Discord at hello.onelifeleft.com. And I very occasionally reward correspondence with some Steam keys. So You, you know. do. You're not going to do that this week because don't need rewarding but if it starts to drop off again then simon will give you things for free and that's a threat not a promise uh, i'm not sure how true that is actually Steve. um you know i am going to do it now because i don't have to that's <laughs> the sort, sort of guy i am i'll pick somebody and send them some sam copson i'll send you a steam key amazing Do we have any? I was going to do a Simon Byron's Fast Five this week, but I've no yeah. idea how much time there is left. We don't have time, I'm afraid, Steve. We think. How much time have we got left? <laughs> literally, literally don't know. Could be oh, 15 well. minutes. Oh, well. Uh, instead, let's do the reviews. Simon, what have you been playing this week? Lots of things for me this week. Um, the big one is uh, Spider-Man 2. Um, so I ended up with the uh, Quest 3 for Chris- Christmas um, as a joint present from uh, my family, uh, my father-in-law, um, uh, which was very much appreciated. But I, I went the long long way round to receiving this because originally I wanted those stupid glasses that we tried on in Japan. Mm. Uh, that put TVs in your eyes and you could play, you could sit there on a flight, uh, you know, looking at the 150 inch screens in front of you playing video games. I thought that'd be cool. And then we put them on in, in Japan. And I thought they're, they're a bit silly, aren't they? So then I thought I'd get a PlayStation portal because the PlayStation is in a room that I do not uh, play games in very often. I could move it, but it's massive. Um, and uh, I really want to play Spider-Man 2, and I thought the portal would be a good way of doing it. But then I thought the functionality exists elsewhere, so I've set up Remote Play on the um, ROG Ally, uh, and it's working mostly very well. So I've been playing the game pretty happily, um, all via Remote Play. And, you know, it's, it's quite a fast-paced, ti- fast-paced, fast-paced, timing-based combat game. There you go, got it out eventually. Um, you know, in the sort of Arkham style combat, uh, where you've got, um, dodges, punches, web throws, all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's just, it's just really good. This, I mean, you know, I'm a, I am a sucker for these big budget AAA mainstream nonsense games, and this is ticking all of my boxes. Um, I was a little bit, um, concerned, uh, that it would suffer from, what many sequels do where they just think okay how do we improve this or we put more stuff in and when it opens up a whole area of uh, new york queens <laughs> that you'd not been to in the original game i'm like oh it's gonna be a really you know it's gonna be too much here but actually much of the joy like cyberpunk actually um is in the traversal cyberpunk mm. i was always riding around on on jackie I was going to say something spoilerish. Um, Jackie's motorbike. I hope he doesn't mind me borrowing it. Um, uh, and in Spider-Man, uh, yeah, just swinging is such a joy. Um, but yeah, it's a good game. You flip between Spider-Man and Miles Morales, and there's there's an awful lot of stuff going on, an awful lot of collectibles, an awful lot of side missions. Just It's just a brilliant game world 
there's somebody else at the door. Look at this. Looks like they're wearing a Yogg's cast hoodie. I don't think they are. <laughs> Unless they've come to get their stuff. Um, <clears throat> um, uh, it's just a brilliant world to mess around with. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Seven out of ten. I will add, though, um, that I did go back into play it on console, and I had forgotten how much easier it is to play a console game on console. <laughs> uh, and, that, and that, yeah, well, even when you get the... Um, the incidental characters communicating over a radio to you through the speaker in the dual sense or the haptics. I mean, it's it's really nice. Uh, looks good. Um, yeah, a very, very impressive piece of kit. 7 out of 10. What about you, Steve? I have been playing... Is it 1-2 everybody switch or is it everybody 1-2 switch? 1-2 switch everybody. It's the know. one with the horse. Yeah. right. Uh, which I bought in Japan and been saving until Christmas. So uh, I never played One Two Switch. You did. I remember you raving it, raving about it at the time. Specifically, the uh, the mini game with the ball bearings inside the controllers. That's what everyone yeah. talks about. Um, this is a party version of that, I believe. I- I've never played it, so I don't actually know. Uh, but I would describe it if I had played the original, as a hybrid of that and Just Dance. So it is a beautifully presented uh, set of mini or micro games, all of which are multiplayer and all of which involve, uh, well, generally involve, uh, well, no, they all involve physical movement around the space. It is a perfect party game to play with uh, children, uh, which is what I was doing over Christmas when we had some friends around and they had kids too, uh, we would set them up with this. Now, obviously they are kids and so they are prone to A, doing the wrong thing, but also B, fighting about who wins. So it does involve a little bit of nursing them through that and making sure everyone celebrates everyone else's contribution because it's set up for there to be one winner and this person is the best at that and you need to make sure they understand that games are not just about the winner but they are about the journey too that moment of victory uh it sets up it gives you uh allows you to you know describes in great detail what you have to do in each game um and shows you how to hold the controllers which is helpful uh it has some great mini games it has some slightly weaker ones as all of these passes uh these packages do um and it gives you four of them in the short short version of the game which is about right um some of them are audio-based only, so you're looking at the other competitors. Some of them are very physical, uh, like so my daughter's favourite one is one where you play as a bunny in a kind of Street Fighter-style situation. You have to hold the controller by your butt and then kind of butt the other person off the stage. Uh, she enjoys that a lot. Um, right. There's a very clever one where you have to hide the Joy-Con. Player one has to hide the Joy-Con and player two... It's somewhere in the room. Player two presses a button and it makes it vibrate. So they have to find it as quickly as they can in the room. Um, Really, really smart. So yeah, there's some really, really smart design in there. And it's a perfect game for those situations. I don't know how much play it will get throughout the rest of the year. Um, But we will see. Seven out of ten. Good stuff. How much time do you think we've got left, Steve? I've no idea. Absolutely no idea. So I I think it's probably about now. But apologies to you, the listeners, if this episode has run short. Uh, through circumstances literally beyond <laughs> our control. For once. 
for once, for once. But it's been good. It's been good to be back, Simon. Um, and it's good to talk to you. Excited for the new year. Excited for all of the uh, One Life Lefts to come. Hopefully we'll have more guests because uh, it was fun to have Andrew on at the end of last year and not just because he's so handsome. Well, and look, you know, he was on One Life Left. His Kickstarter was a success. Now, you know, was one related to another? That's not for me to say, Steve. It's not for me to say either, but it is for both of us to imply. And if, <laughs> if you'd like to come on One Life Left, let us know. If you've got a game to promote, or if you've got anyone you'd like to see on the show, let us know. Uh, you can do that by emailing team at onelifeleft.com. But until next week, We've been One Life Left. It's good to be back. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.